superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today by Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Brown. Fellas, it's the first time we've hosted you know, a show together since the season ended because I've been really sick the last couple of weeks. Thank you very much to both Joe and Welsh for filling in for me while I was on vacation. Then sick. I am now finally back. I apologize if you still hear it in my voice. I'll be using the mute button extensively during this show to avoid any coughs on the air. But guys... It's the first time I've seen you since the new year got here. How did your fantasy seasons end, Debro? How you feeling here in January? Doing good, man. Um, getting ready for all things playoffs. The primer continues, so we're getting ready for DFS. Betting is still out there, and I mean, while a lot of places are slowing down on content and stuff, we're still trucking wrong, baby. There's there there's still money to be won and DFS contests to be had in the playoffs. DFS, betting, check out bettingpros.com and on social and everywhere we do that stuff. Fitz, super fun, super wild card weekend coming up here. How are you feeling heading into the weekend? Feeling pretty good. Uh, Going to be a nice weekend to sit on the couch and watch games because it's going to be bitter cold up here in the upper Midwest. And uh, yeah, nothing to do but sit and watch. And it's really nice to sort of, I don't know, watch the games in sort of a more relaxed setting than during the season. Like, Debro and I start work on the the waiver wire article <laughs> um, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. So we can't always just kind of kick back and watch games. And now with the NFL playoffs, we're able to do that. So I I appreciate the more relaxed way of watching football. Fitz, you you it's don't go- want to be up until midnight or one a.m. every Sunday <laughs> anymore? For, for, no, no, it- not especially no. <laughs> I thought that was your favorite part of the job, Fitz. I don't, maybe that's just <laughs> me. Uh, we, we are going to have some fun this weekend. We'll have some fun today here, too. We are kicking off a series we'll be doing over the next couple of weeks with some way-too-early look-aheads to our 2024 rankings. Today, we are talking running backs. We'll have a receivers episode. We'll have a quarterbacks episode. That's all coming up here in the next couple of weeks. We're going to run through some tiers here. Basically going through the top six-ish tiers. I forget how many we're actually going through. Um, and sort of discussing some spots where you guys might disagree with each other, where you guys might disagree with consensus, some high-level looks here. Obviously, this is very, very, very early. We are several months away from August when people will be actually drafting based off these rankings. So before we jump in, I wanted to ask you guys, what is your approach to creating way too early rankings each year? Are you trying to build these as if the season were starting today, this is how you would rank it? Or are you trying to project, I think this team is going to draft a running back. I think this team will add a receiver in free agency, and that's going to change things. How do you sort of approach this? Fitz, I'll start with you. Yeah, a little bit of projection involved, Worm. Like, um, just an example, Tajay Spears moving him mm-hmm. up, knowing that there's probably not going to be Derrick Henry around with the Titans anymore. Derrick Henry basically gave his farewell speech already after his uh, regular season finale with the Titans. So, you know, but at the same time, the Titans could draft or sign another running back. So um, we know that we're going to be changing these rankings a lot from now until the heart of fantasy draft season. But there, 
they're kind of worthless if you don't do a little bit of projection and and look mm-hmm. at who's going to be a free agent and who's going to be moving on and and you know what how things might shake out. Like we have to try to anticipate that a little, I think, to make these valid rankings. Debra, what's your approach? Same. I mean, it's a lot of projection and. I think where it gets a little bit muddy and we're going to get to that tier and stuff is kind of like when you're looking at specifically all of these running backs, and there's a lot of them that we're going to talk about that you drop into like the RB2, RB3 range because I'm I'm projecting that said team cuts a running back or we know like Derrick Henry is going to find a new landing spot or uh, is this guy going to be probably a free agent after the year. Like where, where does Josh Jacobs go? Where does Austin Eckler go? And what happens to one, the teams that they leave behind and two, what happens to these running backs that are going to be out on the street and do how much do they have left in the tank to even contribute to their next team? It's worth noting that these tiers and rankings are not just going to change between now and August. They're going to change between now and next week. I mean, even yep. in putting together the show, they were changing over the course of the early part of this week in the last couple of days. So these are a snapshot of the rankings as of yesterday when I put the sheet together. Again, going to change. Kind of a rough 30,000-foot view of where these guys are falling in. In these early rankings, those you can find all of our early 2024 consensus rankings and tiers at fantasypros.com slash rankings. If you want to go start looking ahead, maybe you're looking at it for a dynasty reason or just because you're curious and trying to project and just get an early start on next year, you can find those again, fantasypros.com slash rankings. We also are going to wrap up the show with a little would you rather and pick some player names that are close to each other in these rankings and see who you guys like. That'll be at the end of the show. So stick around for that. We will start with our S tier right at the top. Christian McCaffrey, number one, Brees Hall, number two, Kyron Williams, number three, and Bijan Robinson, number four. It is a four-person tier as of right now. Fitz, what's your sort of macro-level view of this top upper echelon of running backs for 2024? Yeah, I don't think we're going to get much pushback on CMC being the RB1 for next year, Um, and probably very little with Brees Hall just because of this magnificent stretch run he's had. He's kind of the total package, and, and we knew that. It took a while before the Jets fully unleashed him. And, uh, you know, with a healthier overall offense, hopefully some offensive line upgrades coming. And, of course, a quarterback upgrade coming if we get Aaron Rodgers back next year. Um, I think you can make the case for Bijan Robinson to be as high as RB2 or RB3. I've got him RB3. Like, we're going to get better usage from him. Uh, Arthur Smith, we've said so much about him on our podcast this year. And, um You know, it started back in week one where it was like, okay, why is Tyler Algier getting so many carries? You're watching the game and he has 15 carries in week one and Bijan has 10. And and like the Algier usage never really abated that much. So um, with better usage and as it was, Bijan had like, what, 1,400 yards from scrimmage and eight touchdowns, even with suboptimal usage. So we're excited about him. The guy most conflicted about is Kyron Williams. Um, I've seen some people with early rankings put him as high as RB2, and I've got him at RB5. I thought about putting him down at RB6. Fantastic season, and, like, this guy is a professional running back. Like, he always seems to be picking the right hole, waiting patiently for blocks to materialize in front of him, knows when to hit the gas, knows when to hit the brakes, knows when to cut, Knows when to just put his shoulder forward and lean uh, lean ahead and get the extra yard or two at the end of a run. 
I do worry about the sustainability of his business model being a 194-pound running back, um, getting the sort of workload he had. 260 touches in 12 games, 20 or more carries in seven of his 12 games, including each of his last five. Um, Kyron is about 50 pounds lighter than Derrick Henry. Like, Derrick Henry is built for this kind of workload. Jonathan Taylor... Um, Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, all of these guys are bigger, better able to take that workload. And we saw Kyron go on IR this year for a while. So I just wonder if I can really spend, uh, bring myself to spend a top 10 draft pick on a sub 200 pound running back who derives much of his fantasy value from his heavy workload. Debra, I want your opinion on this tier as well. I know Bijan is one guy that you are lower on than Fitz is. And I'm curious if there is, now that the Falcons, you know, coaching spot is officially open, is there a head coaching candidate that would make you particularly more excited about mm. Bijan if they get a Ben Johnson or who or whoever the name might be? Yeah, I mean, Ben Johnson's the easy low-hanging fruit here. But I mean, to me, it just comes down to offensive system and usage and we've seen so much cockamamie stuff out of arthur smith that really anybody assuming that atlanta is going to bring in an offensive-minded head coach they're going to do smart things or even a defensive guy that would they they hire somebody that's good as an offensive coordinator i mean i can get behind all of that but i think what we're going to see is more actual usage in this offense funneled through its best players hopefully moving forward and that's drake london that's kyle pitts and that's b john robinson and I think looking at this tier overall, I think it's very interesting. And right now, yes, I do have Bijan Robinson at RB4. I have Kyron Williams at RB3. But I, even as we talk through this, and again, talking about the fluidity of these ranks, the more I sit here and ponder this entire tier, I, I'm with Fitz that Kyron is the guy that like he doesn't really fit in the same mold as the other guys in this tier in the sense that CMC, Brees, and Bijan all have elite pass game upside. And that also helps pad their floor as well as their ceilings. Kyron doesn't have that. Now, what Kyron has going for him is that workload that Fitz talked about. But could we see also more pass game usage for Kyron next season? It's possible, but less likely. But it's not like he's been an efficient receiver as well. He's lived off of volume snaps and touchdowns and could those things repeat in 2024 it's possible but if you're looking at all the guys in this tier and the one that does kind of stick out as the sore thumb it is Kyron Williams although I do love him based off my rank but could he be I, I guess I'll put it this way guys I can make a case for CMC Brees and Bijan as possibly in my mind's eye being the RB1 overall next year that case gets tougher with the pass game involvement or lack thereof for Kyron Williams because it's not like he got a ton of targets. He was only 18th in target share and outside the top 30 running backs in yards per route run. So I guess if we're looking at differentiators in this tier, I probably do need to move Kyron behind Bijan. And really, you can make a good case that Kyron maybe doesn't even belong in this tier. 
DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. We've got an unbelievable slate of games to kick off the playoffs this weekend. I think it's pretty clearly looking like the most enticing Super Wild Card weekend slate we've ever seen, at least that I can remember. Literally every matchup is intriguing in its own way. The most exciting is pretty easily Rams Lions. Speaking of Kyron Williams, it's the Stafford Bowl, it's the Goff Bowl, it's two excellent offenses, which is why the total is 51 and a half on DraftKings. That is the highest total of the week. I absolutely cannot wait for that game on Sunday night. So remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. That was the S tier, guys. Let's go to A tier. A couple more names here. Jameer Gibbs, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, Rashad White, Devon Achan, Saquon Barkley. That's in order from 5 to 10. Again, Gibbs, Taylor, Etienne, White, Achan, and Saquon. Debra, I'll start with you this time. What's sort of your overall takeaway from this tier? You got a lot of really talented guys in this tier. And this tier feels like we could get possibly the most shifting, depending on the offseason news and throughout, like, up until kickoff next year, because I mean, we're looking at not only is Rashad white in this tier, and we're going to talk about him because I'm much lower on him because does Tampa Bay add a competent running back to this backfield? Um, Saquon Barkley, what happens with him in this upcoming season? Travis Etienne, you can make a case. He could be higher or lower in this tier, because if you just look at the season that unfolded for him, I mean, the season was massive, massive splits and, uh, I'm kind of curious, do we get things that come out after the season? Like, hey, he played half the year with like fractured ribs, what have you, because the workload and and just the efficiency drop off for ETN was very stark. But overall, I think these are a lot of guys that you're looking at as solid RB ones. But I do think we're going to see a lot of fluidity in this tier as well as like, and I just love, I I don't want to steal Fitz's thunder here, but um, I love Devon Achan going into next season. You are higher than Fitz on A-Chan, so Debra, I'll stick with you for a second. What do you like about A-Chan so much that you have him really at the top of this tier? I have him at RB5. Um, well, no, excuse me, RB6 right now. And really, you look at how he finished the season. He's RB5 in fantasy points per game. You can make an easy case that he is the most efficient running back in the NFL. Now, does that give him a little bit of a downside? Like, what if any of that regresses? Okay, But if it regresses, is he going to fall like where he just turns into a non-tackle breaker? No. We've seen this backfield produce tons of touchdown equity. I mean, just look at what Raheem Mostert does. Like on a weekly basis, his counting stats might not be amazing, but tons of touchdowns. This offense is still going to be really freaking good. And Devon Devon Achan himself, first in fantasy points per opportunity, first in yards per touch. Next year, if we walks into this backfield and he's not just... I mean, he could be the 1A. Let him be the 1A in this backfield. If he gets that 60% snap share, good Lord. 
He's the guy that in this tier that you could see being like jumping into the next tier. That that's where I view him at. Like he could be a top three running back next season. It's interesting. I think there's a couple of names in this tier that you could envision being tier one guys a year from now. Gibbs, Taylor, mm-hmm. I could see the case for HN. Fitz, why are you lower on HN? Is it just injury concern? Is it usage? You've got him down at RB9. It looks like so more of a second round pick rather than, you know, a guy that might go in the first round. Just knowing that he is probably going to be part of a two man or three man committee. Um like and I love HN and uh it, it says a lot that he averaged 7.8 yards per carry on over 100 rushing attempts this season. Mm-hmm. Like that is just insane and I mean, I think his contact balance is absolutely special. Great speed, can catch. Um, nothing really not to like except for the fact that he's probably never going to be a true workhorse. And maybe that's a little bit, I don't know, maybe I'm not being consistent in the way I'm applying that because I've got Jameer Gibbs at RB4, mm-hmm. and I think you can make a case for Gibbs being at the top here. But, I mean, Gibbs was able to... From week 10 on, when David Montgomery got back from his injury, um, Gibbs was from week 10 through week, uh, week 18, he was the RB6 in a half-point PPR fantasy scoring. So he showed that he could be an RB1, like a mid-range RB1, with another guy splitting work with him. So, um, you know, HN can maybe be that guy, too. I just have a little bit more confidence in the workload with Gibbs than with HN. I want to ask you quickly, Fitz, about Rashad White, too. Debro alluded to it. You're about five spots higher on White than Debro is. What do you like about him? And and I guess it's sort of the opposite of HN, right? Just the usage was there. Yeah, and Debro makes a good point. Like, this is kind of a placeholder ranking, and if the Buccaneers add someone via the draft or free agency, we're going to have to evaluate that because— uh, Rashad White did finish, let's see, he was tied for second in the league with 272 rushing attempts and fourth among running backs in receptions with 64. So it was just a massive volume, but he only averaged 3.6 yards per carry. So one thing we're going to be looking at is whether they add anyone. But at the same time, like I might feel pretty good about Rashad White if the Buccaneers like make heavy investments in their offensive line in the offseason, if they add you know, a, a lineman in the first day or two of the draft and sign a top offensive lineman because that offensive line was not great this year. So, um, yeah, like jury sort of still out on whether Rashad White is going to give us this level of production for multiple years. If you need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you get a 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance, as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels. And here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety. So if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure, stop by one of their stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Guys, let's move to the B tier here. Just four names. Isaiah Pacheco at RB11, Kenneth Walker at RB12, James Cook at RB13, and Alvin Kamara at RB14. 
Now, both of you guys largely agree on those four names. So I want to highlight somebody that Debro, according to his rankings, thinks should be included in this range as well. And that's David Montgomery. He's RB18 in ECR, so he's in the next tier. Debro has him as high as RB12. Fitz has got him down at RB25. So Debro, you are drinking the Kool-Aid on Montgomery for sure. I'm just buying into the Lions offense and the way that this offense runs. It's very consolidated. It This offense reminds me, and I made this comparison and out on Twitter multiple times, is this reminds me of prime like the Saints and Sean Payton backfield. Like you have the Mark Ingram and the Alvin Kamara comparisons, and it's a very good comparison. But this also goes back to in all of those years, so much of that offense and so much of the red zone offense ran through the backfield. And I think that we continue to see that for Detroit and Montgomery. I know the workload will be there. The touchdown expectations will be there. Now, can he run any worse on touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, that could possibly happen. But the other part about this is when Detroit gets in the red zone, they're giving the ball to one of their running backs. Montgomery was RB 15 and fantasy points per game. So I'm not far off of that. If he'd had any more pass game usage or like another two touchdown game or something like that, because the guys literally scored at almost every single freaking game this year. So if you push one of those games or two of those games to, it's not a one touchdown affair. It's a two touchdown game. Then he is probably a top 12 running back for the year. And it's just a certainty of knowing what I'm getting out of Montgomery. And that's going to be anywhere from RB 12 to RB 15, probably next season because Detroit's offense is still going to be really stinking good. And I don't see them investing a lot of capital in somebody that's going to come, come in and take a lot of the touchdown equity away. Like the pillars of this offense are known. And I don't think that changes. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. It's Sammy ball game and it's the backfield. Fitz, do you think that, I mean, if we all agree that Ben Johnson is this offensive genius, he's definitely going to get hired away from the offense this year. Are you concerned about this offense taking a step back without Johnson? I mean, my, my thought on Montgomery is that I think Debro is too high and I think Fitz is probably too low. I think sort of a mid to low end RB2 is the right range. Technically, Fitz, you have him as a high end RB3 if he's at RB25. Yeah, and I could probably have him a little bit higher. I mean, I guess part of it is that I'm worried about a guy who derived so much of his value from touchdowns. And and Debro's saying, you know, what? well, what if he had some two touchdown games instead of one touchdown games? Debro, if I'm guessing where he goes from 13 touchdowns, whether it's up or down, I'm not betting up from 13. You That's know fair. what I mean? That's fair. Like, I, I, I still think, like, reasonably high touchdown expectation for him, but – we know he's not going to do much in the passing game because they've got Gibbs to do that. Mm -hmm. He's going to share early down snaps with Gibbs. Like he doesn't just own the early down snaps. Gibbs has a stake in that too. Um, And so like with so much of the value derived from touchdowns, I I just don't know. Like he crawled over a thousand yards and maybe he's close to that again in 2024. Um, Yeah. And, as Worm mentioned, like the the departure of Ben Johnson would be a reason for concern. So I just don't want to. This is not a guy I want to overdraft, and I worry that he might get overdrafted based on the touchdown count of twenty twenty three. The the other counterpoint to that fits, and and I'll throw this in here as well. I think if you're looking at how the the Lions season has played out a lot too, this defense has taken a big step back in the second half of the year, specifically their pass defense. I think their defensive line stays pretty much intact. The run defense is going to be strong. If they add reinforcements to that defense in the offseason, their secondary plays better next year. They're in more positive game scripts. 
I'm wondering, does the volume tilt a little bit more in David Montgomery's direction next year? That's fair. Because the Lions were playing some really good defense at yeah. the very beginning of the season, and Monty was putting up some big point totals. Fitz, quickly, any other thoughts on this tier? Is it too small? There's only four names here. And, you know, moving forward as we get into the C tier and below, you start getting like 10, 12 names. Are there other guys that maybe we should be considering for this tier? Or is is four right, even though it's a small tier? I mean, possibly. I could make the case that this tier should be a little smaller because I would put Kenneth Walker maybe a a tier higher. Like, I love Walker and the talent. Um, Like, he was banged up at times this year, but... I think a lot of people were worried about the threat that Zach Charbonnet posed to his workload, and Seattle sort of made their choice. And I think it was clear that Walker was the better back. Um, Charbonnet, a, a good player in his own right, bright future in the league, but like this is Walker's backfield, and he is one talented dude. So um, I've got him RB8, and I, I think he's more like an A-tier guy. Deeper, what do you think about this tier? Too small, just four names. I know you want Montgomery in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that this tier could be a little bit wider, honestly. Um, you could put Montgomery in there, a guy that we're about to talk about. I mean, I think firmly James Conner's name should be in this tier and not the next tier. But you could also put, I mean, if we knew the landing spot and the outcome of what happens in Tennessee, if we knew already the landing spot for Derrick Henry and it was a favorable one, as well as knowing Tajay Spears has that backfield, Those are two other names that should be included in this tier. You guys know I love going to games live, but I hate the process of buying tickets. It's always so confusing where the fees come in, what the view from the seat actually looks like, if I can even trust the seller. It's all just so complicated. That's why I love game time, because they think you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. They're the fast and easy way to get your next sports, music, comedy, or theater event tickets, because they take the guesswork out of buying those tickets. I had a great experience using game time last fall to see the O's in the playoffs when I was back east. The site was easy to navigate, and when I had a question about the seller, their customer support team responded to me the morning of the game with a swift, clear answer to any question I had, so my mom and I could make the trek up to Baltimore without worrying about if we'd have any trouble getting into the game. It was super easy and a great experience outside of the fact that the Orioles lost. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive they're all in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code fantasy pros for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code f-a-n-t-a-s-y-p-r-o-s for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Guys, let's move to the C tier. I'm not going to read every name here because we're getting into the where the tiers are too big to do that. So this is going to go from James Conner at RB15 through Tajay Spears at RB26. And Fitz, I want to highlight that you are higher on Javante Williams in ECR. He He's 20, RB23 in ECR. You have him at RB18. Debro has him all the way down at RB36. So why are you so much higher on Javante, Fitz? I'm cautiously optimistic that he is going to be more like 2021 rookie year Javante Williams next year when he's going to be more than a year removed from his devastating knee injury. And we just didn't see quite the same sort of explosive playmaking that we saw from him earlier in his career pre-injury. But man, this guy's really talented, 
let's hope like physically he is 100% right because, you know, like I, I think there were still after effects from the injury this year. Now, Debro, are you lower on Javante Williams because of how you feel about Javante Williams or is it because you are so high on another <laughs> member of this backfield who is not even in any of our top six tiers? We are not talking about this player today because he's ranked so lowly in consensus and miss. you have him as an RB2 it's well ahead of Javante. I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say it right now. It's a miss. Uh, it's a miss by people that I believe and that's why I have this ranked here. And I'm not doing this for just bold takes or trying to puff my chest out, man. I think looking at this backfield next year, and again, this is where it comes into projection. I've got a lot of worries about Javante Williams, and this comes down to can it, and and this is from somebody I love Javante Williams as a prospect. I loved him coming out. I loved him in the first few seasons. I have worries about can he rekindle that tackle breaking juice that he had prior to the injury? Is it possible? Yes, it, it, it's possible. Do I have a lot of concerns with it? Absolutely, because if you look at Javante out of 49 qualifying running backs last year, or excuse me, the 2023 season, he was 42nd in missed tackles force per attempt. He was 33rd in yards after contact per attempt. He simply was not breaking tackles, and he was not the guy that we had come to love in fantasy and in the NFL previously. And so I have more questions. Can he rekindle that previous juice, it's possible, but I have worries. And that also leads me to, I, I love Jaleel McLaughlin. I, he's my guy that I'm going to put my stamp on my early 2024 flag plant in these RB rankings. I have him and I'm not going to say that like, like fits the way that we're approaching this backfield, but I have it flipped. Now where you think Jaleel McLaughlin needs to go is totally up for debate and how much Javante takes of this backfield. But I love McLaughlin. Like, I think that, and I currently, just for transparency, I have him as RB24 in my rankings. And that might sound like crazy sauce. But again, let's get to the projection. I think he either hops Samaje P. Ryan on the depth chart or they cut Samaje P. Ryan. And McLaughlin, Sean Payton has oozed in awe and, and just said, oh my Lord, about this guy as the season has gone through. There's multiple sound clips of him talking about okay, he's earning more work. And if you look at how the Sean Payton backfields have played out previously, I'm not telling you that he's going to be the new Alvin Kamara, but I think that he's going to be the passing down back. And we're talking about a guy that quietly last season was 14th. He was damn near the top of every single efficiency metric that you could pick out. 14th in explosive run rate, 5th in missed tackles force per attempt, 4th in yards after contact per attempt. Oh, and look at that. 4th in yards per route run. So we're talking about legitimately on a per touch basis he was one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL you could put him on that top shelf with Devon Achan and Tajay Spears and he could hold his own and we're now marrying him with a coach that not only has talked about how much he loves him but has shown no compunction about using smaller backs i.e. Darren Sproles in high leverage usage roles in the past I freaking love McLaughlin he's gonna be one of my most drafted running backs if this backfield stays the way that it is and they get competent quarterback play, because I know that's a concern as well. So there's a lot up in the air. But if those things come in line, he's going to be one of my most drafted backs in 2024. Debro is planting his flag early. Where do you have McLaughlin ranked, Fitz? Oh, man, I've got McLaughlin. I want to say, let's see. Um, sorry, I have him um, RB59 right now. <laughs> Wow. Where do you where do you have yeah, where do you, where do you like, have Samaje at though? 
Pat? Because we're talking about projection in this backfield. Do you think that Javante yeah, I, just takes all the work, or how do you envision this backfield for 24? That's probably where we differ. I've got Samaje RB74. Okay. Um, like I, I would not be surprised if Jaleel McLaughlin passed him. And McLaughlin is exciting for sure. I just think he's going to take a backseat to Javante next okay. year. We, we took a lot of time on the Broncos' backfield, so I want to go quickly on this next one. Debra, you mentioned him earlier. You are higher on James Conner. You have him RB15 and ECR. Or excuse me, he is RB15 and ECR. You have him RB14. Yep. Fitz has him RB26, so he's a lot lower. Why are you so high on Conner? I freaking love Conner. And, and, and a lot of this is he was RB13 in fantasy points per game this year. So I assuming that he doesn't fall off, which this is arguably the most efficient season that Conner has ever had. He's seventh in explosive run rate, eighth in missed tackles for his per attempt. He was awesome this last year. So I understand the injury concerns and I understand the, the, okay, well, he's getting older. What does the backfield look like? What does his team look like? But if Kyler's healthy, Connor produced all freaking season when he was on the field. I'm not taking it away that he can do this again for another year. Fitz, I guess the more appropriate question isn't to ask why Debro is higher. It's to ask why you're lower, because Debro is only a spot ahead of consensus. You are several spots below consensus. So what are you not seeing on Connor? And admittedly, I have chronically underranked James Connor over the years, and I had him in one league this year, and that team won a championship. So maybe I should be <laughs> higher on him than this. But Give that um, man some I guess- love, Fitzy. Come on. <laughs> I guess my biggest issues are that he is going to be 29 years old next year, and he has played more than 13 games only once in the last six seasons. So, uh, you know, looking at the actuarial tables, I don't know if he's a great investment. Fellas, our goal every year is a perfect draft, but what if I told you you could attempt a perfect draft for the 2023 season right now? Can you draft the perfect 2023 team? Enter the perfect draft challenge at fantasypros.com slash perfect draft. It's a 12-team, half PPR draft with best ball style scoring, aim for the top of our leaderboards, and a chance to win Get this, a five-year subscription to Fantasy Pros. Go to fantasypros.com slash perfect draft and start drafting now, but you have to hurry. The contest closes February 1st. Again, that's a five-year subscription Oof. to Fantasy Pros. So I, I would be competing in that if I were uh, anybody listening there. That's, that's a pretty insane value. Uh, let's go to the D tier here. This runs from Najee Harris at RB27 through Chuba Hubbard at RB36. Debro, you are higher on Jerome Ford. He's RB32 in ECR. Fitz has him RB33, so roughly in line with consensus. You've got him all the way up at RB22. I think Jerome Ford, if you look at all the efficiency metrics, he's a baller. And I have big concerns about what does Cleveland do in Nick Chubb this offseason. Could they bring him back? Sure. Could they also let him go to the wayside? Also possible. I mean, we can't discount the injury that he sustained this year. And if he can come back and be any sliver of the same player, is it possible? Yes. But as I'm currently projecting this backfield, I just think it's going to be Jerome Ford's backfield. I don't think Kareem Hunt's coming back. You look at Ford, again, tackle-breaking metrics. He was a stud in almost every one. He was RB25 in fantasy points per game. So saying that he takes over a little bit more of this backfield, especially where Kareem Hunt has been the thorn in his side this year in the red zone, have him as a top 24 back feels right. Fitz, you're roughly in line with consensus. So is there anything that stands out to you about Ford? Yeah, I mean, I share Debro's enthusiasm for him, but I am projecting this backfield as as Chubb being back and probably 
will be used lightly, I would imagine, early in the season, if at all. Could potentially start the year on pop if he's not fully ready to go. Um, but I am guessing that Chubb is back with the Browns next year. Both of these guys are under contract, so um, like I have Ford as one of the highest-ranked backup running backs, I guess you could say. The guy that you are higher on fits here in this tier is Aaron Jones. He's RB28 in ECR. You've got him at RB20, Debro down at RB32. So Fitz, what do you like about Jones? Yeah, I mean, he's just really good. Like, he's an older back, and maybe if I'm down on Connor, I should hold the age thing against Jones, too, because I think he is also going to be 29, if not 30, next year. But, um, like, he is really dynamic, and we've seen it the last three weeks, three straight 100-yard rushing games. Um, Had kind of a tough season as far as health in 2023, but under contract with the Packers for one more year. Um, Like, I've seen speculation they might get rid of him. I think they'd have to take a pretty massive cap hit if they did that. So I don't know if this will be his last season in Green Bay. Um, But, yeah, like, I I still believe strongly in the player. Debro, like I said, you've got him a little below consensus at RB32. Is it just an age thing? I think that the way that Fitz and I are viewing James Conner and Aaron Jones is a direct opposite parallel um, looking at that because – yeah, I mean, my concerns on Aaron Jones are pretty much mirrors Fitz's concerns on James Conner. It's Aaron Jones is going to be 30 next year. Could they cut him? They would, If they cut him, because I had to pull up the contract details because I didn't know it off the top of my head, um, they would save 5.3 mil against the cap um, if they were to cut him. And for a 30-year-old running back, I think it's possible. So I just, again, talk about projection. That's why I have Aaron Jones in that RB3 probably cut maybe cut and if he's out on the free agency wire where the heck does he go that's that's kind of again leaning into the projection of what i could see for next season i want to also highlight this tier jalen warren he's rb31 in ecr you guys are both higher than consensus on him deeper has him all the way up at rb22 perhaps unsurprisingly fitz is also higher than consensus though like i said he's got warren at rb24 so Debra, i know warren's kind of your guy i'll let you wax poetic here why you uh think he's underranked i i like talented players and jalen warren <laughs> is one of them man i mean what do you have to do to sit here and get into good people's good graces i mean he is the new tony pollard man in the sense of okay not 2023 tony pollard so let's get that out there but previous year of what we've talked about he's one of the most efficient running backs on a tar- per touch basis in the nfl and People kept saying, oh, well, yeah, but with the more volume he gets, maybe that goes down. He kept getting volume week after week after week after week after week, and he's still freaking explosive. He's top five at every metric that you could pull up for efficiency. I love Jalen Warren, man. He's in the prime of his career. Anything happens with this backfield, he's the guy that if, if Pittsburgh were to say, okay, we move on from Najee Harris, we trade him, or we give this backfield to the most talented player in the backfield, Jalen Warren's the guy that could be an RB1 next year. Fitz, any thoughts on Warren? I'm just showing up at D-Bro's party, uh, <laughs> doing it fashionably late because I was not really in on Jalen Warren preseason. But, but you I could totally bring agree in beer with... and wine. You always have great <laughs> exactly. gifts. Exactly. I never, yeah, I I mean, never come empty-handed. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's it. And I, I like D-Bro's. Uh, I like how he evoked Tony Pollard's name here because like Tony Pollard, during the Zeke Elliott years in Dallas, I think Warren can be the guy who you're going to want in your starting lineup, even though he is not a lead back. Like he's in the supporting role and it suits him. 
Let's move to the F tier here. It's our last one we're going to talk about today. This goes from Zach Charbonnet at RB37 to Alexander Madison at RB52. Fitz, you are higher on Miles Sanders. He's RB51 in ECR. You've got him RB45, so about half dozen spots higher than ECR. Deaver's got him about a half dozen spots lower than ECR. So Fitz, what do you like about Sanders after what was obviously a disappointing year? Yeah, I mean, let's like is relative. That, I yeah, think, that's here. Uh, you know, yeah. we're we're talking about like deeper leagues as yes. a, an end of the bench dart throw. Um, like this is a guy who did fairly well in a much better ecosystem in Philadelphia the four years prior. Then he goes to a really bad offense and and tanked. Like the the efficiency just plummeted. I forget what his yards per carry average uh, for his career was coming to Carolina. Coming to Carolina was like 4.7 or 4.8 or something really high. And and this year, I think he was at 3.3 yards per carry. Like, it just didn't work. They replaced him with Chuba Hubbard. Um, but, like, I, I don't think this is a terrible player. I, I think Sanders is probably best suited for committee work. And, um, you know, we're just hoping that the Carolina offense looks uh, far less dreadful than it did in 2023. And maybe Sanders can be a contributor. Yeah, Debra, assuming there's any improvement at all from Bryce Young and the pass catchers to sort of raise the level of this offense, and there's any improvement at all in, you know, the offensive play calling and the coaching, it feels to me that it's I feel like it's pretty likely that Sanders ends up, especially in like a half PPR format, higher than RB fifty. I just don't envision myself drafting him at all in that range. Like, he's just a guy I'm not going to want to have on my team, even if I think that technically he's probably a value at RB51 currently. You're obviously even lower on him, though. I'm just full avoiding Miles Sanders. I did it last year, worked out pretty damn well. I'm going to do it again this year. I don't like, there's so much up in the air. It's like, okay, do we project this to be a good offense? Nope. Do we think that it's probably going to change a ton? Nope. I mean, the, what part of this offense do we really want to buy into? Like everybody, we all try to talk ourselves into, oh, okay, well, Miles Sanders is going to get all the volume, but he's not a very good player at this point of his career. Like all the numbers he accumulated for Philly, he was running behind a top three offensive line. Carolina's offensive line fell apart. They don't have good pass catchers. The quarterback play is questionable at best. He has not been efficient. And Chuba Hubbard just flat out outplayed him the entire freaking season. So walking into next year, contract or no contract, I mean, the GM that signed that contract's gone. The head coach that believed in him that brought him in and, you know, could have been part of the reason why he got the contract, gone. So a new coaching regime coming in, I have no faith that Miles Sanders earns a prominent role in this backfield. I think it's still going to be Chuba Hubbard's backfield, even with a new coaching staff, just because Chuba's the better player. But yeah, that, that's fair. I do think this offense could be a little better than last year. I mean, it would it would be hard to it's be a low as low that, That's my point. Is it would be hard to be worse than last year? So I think the offense will be better. It will still be bottom. You know, whatever number you want to put on it, I'll probably agree with you. So they but, go from twenty eighth <laughs> to twenty sixth. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not. <laughs> this is not me being like particularly you know excited about this offense to be yeah. clear. But I, I I don't think it'll be as bad or worse. I think it'll be better, even if only marginally. Uh, Debra, you are higher 
player on actually a lot of names in this tier. Gus Edwards, Kendrick Miller, A.J. Dillon, a lot of these guys. I want to focus on Damian Pierce. He's RB46 in ECR. I believe you have him RB40. Fitz has him down at RB51. So Pierce is a guy that you are buying on a bit. He's a guy I really liked last year because I was very in on this Texans offense being undervalued. And I was right about that, but I was wrong about Pierce being among that group. I mean, I still, I'm a believer in the talent. I think that what we saw out of his rookie season is really Damian Pierce. And if you look at his tackle breaking metrics, his yards to contact per attempt, explosive run rates are not good. Those are also functions somewhat of the offensive line. His mess tackles force per attempt were fantastic. Like he was still on the top shelf with that. Now, I think if you look at just how Damian Pierce's season played out, it was the worst possible run out he could have gotten. The offensive, when he was healthy, the offensive line was terrible. Bottom five, bottom 10. Everybody was hurt. They couldn't block anybody at all. And then he finally gets healthy and, oh, well, then never mind. Devin Singletary is taking over the backfield. I don't think Devin Singletary is going to be back next year. And I think if, considering this coaching staff in the iterations we saw in the early season, that was Pierce's backfield. And Devin Singletary proved himself one while Pierce was hurt and then was the guy like, I mean, he just kept producing the, the, the coaching staff couldn't go away from him. If he's not back, I think this reverts back to being Damian Pierce's backfield. If the offensive line can play much like we've seen down the back half of this season and not the beginning of this season and they improve next year, I think Damian Pierce is a guy that I'm not saying that all of the takes that we had for 2023 will come to fruition in 2024, but he's a guy that I think is going to be a huge sleeper and a big target in early best ball drafts because he could be their lead back in 2024. Fitz, you've got him RB51, like I mentioned. Is that because you're assuming that they're going to add somebody to this backfield, maybe like an early day three draft pick or some sort of veteran free agent? Or as the backfield is constructed, you still don't like him that much? It's mainly that I'm frightened by the degree to which he was marginalized in the Houston offense this year. Mm -hmm. But I, I appreciate this pep talk I'm getting from Debro because I consider <laughs> myself pretty pro Damian Pierce. And um, like this is what I need to hear. And I'm I'm glad Debro mentioned like early in the season when Damian Pierce was the lead back. That's when I believe the Texans had like four of their starting five offensive linemen hurt. So uh, Damian Pierce really didn't have a chance early in the season. I, I can't for, I can't remember who they played in those opening weeks too, but I think they were also going to pretty brutal some schedule. pretty good they, run they started defenses. against the Ravens. I, yeah, I, they I were going against one, yeah. like tough run defenses without four starting offensive linemen. So Damian Pierce just never had a chance, and uh, I would love to buy back in, and I could see him being a guy that creep up in my rankings as uh, spring and summer progress. Just for clarity's sake, too, for people like I know that I've mentioned, like he still played good on a per touch basis and people will push back against that. The offensive line just absolutely crushed him amongst 68 qualifying running backs. So basically every running back that had 50 or more carries last season, Damian Pierce was ninth in missed tackles force per attempt. So we need to put respect still on his name. Fitz, before we move on from this tier, I want to give you a quick opportunity to highlight Chase Brown. He is RB49 in ECR. That's at the bottom of tier six. You have him at the top, not of tier six, but of tier five, all the way up at RB31 right now. So here's your opportunity to uh, talk a little bit about Chase Brown. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'll have to lower him if the Bengals hang on to Joe Mixon. And and we don't know what they're going to do with Joe Mixon yet. Like, I think that's kind of a, a domino that has to fall before we settle on where we put Chase Brown. But, man, once the Bengals finally took him out of mothballs late in the season, pretty special. <laughs> like, he was he was fun to watch with the ball in his hands and, like, really good in the passing game. And I think he's got juice in the running game, too. Like, we know when he was at the University of Illinois, he averaged, like, almost 30 carries a game. Uh, Brett Bielema worked him into the ground when he was with the Fighting Illini. So, um, yeah, like, he's a really intriguing talent, and I think he's going to play a bigger role next year, but maybe not. Like, maybe they just run it back with Joe Mixon, and Chase is kind of a straight backup who gets the change of pace duty and isn't quite fantasy relevant, isn't quite someone you can put in your starting lineup. But man, the flashes of talent we saw from him this year were pretty exciting. Quickly, Dero, where do you have Brown? I've got Brown at RB42, and he falls into a tier of if you're doing and you're watching the show and you're going to be doing early best ball drafts, I want you to clip this. And I want if you're attacking them from a zero RB perspective, this tier of running backs is where I want to live. Anywhere between RB39 and RB45, I've got Cha- I've got a uh, Roshan Johnson, Damian Pierce, Ty Chandler, Chase Brown, Gus Edwards, K- and Kendra Miller and Rico Dowdle. Those are all guys that we don't know what to do within ranks right now, but could be the lead back on their team walking into 2024. Do you have Roshan? Yeah, sorry, Roshan's at RB39 for me. Yep. He he's ahead of Chase for you, Chase Brown. Yeah, he's he's ahead of Chase Brown for right now. Okay. Gotcha. Let's, quick, let's quickly do some would you rathers here to wrap up the show. We'll hit one would you rather from every tier. We got to go fast on this guy, so just give me a sentence or two on each one. Uh we'll start at the very top uh tier number or S tier, I should call it. Brees Hall or Kyron Williams this year, Fitz? Yeah, I got to go with Brees. Uh not to be too much of a sizeist, but I expressed my reservations <laughs> about Kyron uh continuing to handle these types of workloads at 194 pounds. Debro I think that's actually termed weightist fits. Um, but anyway, um, I'll, I'll go with Brees here. It's just a pass game utility, man. All right. Next tier, Jonathan Taylor or Travis Etienne? Debra? I, I, I can't be on a, a show with Fitz and not pick JT here. <laughs> but I mean, to be honest, like Jonathan Taylor is one of the best pure rushers in the freaking NFL. If it ain't him, it's been Nick Chubb over the last few years. I'm taking JT easy here. Fitz, Taylor or Etienne? I assume. I yeah, same same here with Jonathan Taylor. And there was no uh, alarming drop off in production with JT the way there mm-hmm. was with ETN. Um, and like and I'm still in on ETN, but like it was a little concerning that the second half of his 2023 season was so underwhelming. Tier three, Isaiah Pacheco, RB11 or James Cook, RB13. Fitz? Close one. I've got Cook ranked one spot higher. Um, I really like Pacheco, but I'm sort of terrified by his just absolutely fearless, take no prisoners rushing style and the potential for injury as a result of that style. Debra? James Cook, and this isn't close for me. I have James Cook like Fitzy. I've got James Cook ranked as an RB1, um, RB11. I was told he wasn't big enough to hold up to the workload, and yet we're looking at James Cook with over 1,000 rushing yards and over 230 carries for the season. Yeah, like James Cook. Next tier, Joe Mixon at RB19 or Tony Pollard at RB20, Debro? I'm going to go with the guy that still has actual juice in his legs. Give me Tony Pollard. Is he going to be RB1 again this year? 
that's rough. That's so rough. Uh, it, no, no, he will not be. But I'm very curious where he's going to land, man. He's yeah. one of those guys that if he gets uh, a starting job somewhere else or, I mean, heck, who knows? Maybe Dallas uses the franchise tag and he's back there. Yeah, it'll be really interesting in, in August. Those yeah. conversations are going to be super Agreed. fun. Uh, Fitz, Mixon or Pollard? Uh, Joe Mixon. Like, I am not oh. going to be one of the people clinging to the wreckage of the SS Tony <laughs> Pollard after oh. it hit the iceberg. Like, so many oh. of the... Sh- like I know he was such a darling of the Sharps this year, and I liked him too. But man, like I'm, I'm not going down with that ship. Like I was very unimpressed with uh, how he handled that lead will, role this year. I will wave the white flag. I'm going to go. I'll sink down with the ship. It's, I'm just going <laughs> to call me the Titanic. Uh, let, let's go to the next tier: Raheem Mostert at RB29 or Austin Eckler at RB30. Debra. Oh, give me Mostert, man. Mostert continues to just absolutely ninja kick Father Time straight in the junk. His tackle breaking metrics have not fallen off at all, and I don't think it's going to fall off again. I think he's got another year in him. Fitz, what do you think, Mostert or Eckler? Yeah, I mean, if the situation is somewhat similar for Mostert, I got to go with Mostert. Let's go to the last one here. Zach Moss at RB39 or Gus Edwards at RB40. Fitz? I'm going to go with Zach Moss because when Jonathan Taylor was out, Moss was like a three down back, uh, did everything pretty much, like handled a heavy workload, caught passes. Um, I'm I'm never gonna bet on a guy like Gus Edwards whose value is totally tied to his, his number of short yardage touchdowns. Debra, what do you think, Moss or Edwards? I'm gonna go with Moss here, um, and I've got actually need to move Moss on my rankings. I just don't know what happens to him in the offseason why I have him buried right now at RB46. But on a pure talent basis, give me Moss. Those are our way too early 2024 running back rankings. We'll be back next week with, I believe, wide receivers. I'm not sure the exact order, but I would Mm -hmm. imagine it's receivers coming up next week. For Debro and Fitz, I am Ryan Wormley. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Pee Wee Championship game. 
a trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.